0: This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the Spoiler Room. Welcome to another edition of the Spoiler Room. Here we are. It is June 28th, 2016, and yes, we are talking about the big popcorn film that came out this past weekend that uh you know nowadays they say oh it only made 41 million dollars domestically over the weekend it's a flop and i'm like wow. you know back <laughs> in my day uh 40 million for an opening weekend are you kidding me uh um, <laughs> Yes, we're talking about Independence Day Resurgence, and tonight I'm joined by a couple of crew members here who are going to help talk about this film. We're going to dig into it a bit and uh, just spoil the hell out of it, because that's what we do here in the Spoiler Room. Tonight, first off, we have uh, the man himself, Mr. Cole Meredith. Hello, Cole. Hello, Mark. Uh, Thanks for having me, man. Well, we're glad to have you on here. Glad you could join us tonight. And he has returned from going walkabout in Alaska it is the man, the bow tie man himself, Mister Paul Salzar. Comes back to the spoiler room. Hello, Paul.
1: It's so great to be back. Oh, it's so <laughs> great to be back.
0: <laughs> well, we are happy to have you back. Uh, if anything, for that just adorable avatar your your your, your uh, Google your your uh, YouTube guy has a little <laughs> ferret with a bow tie. I mean, it's
1: <laughs> just so cute. But you know,
0: <laughs> We are not here to talk about ferrets with bow ties, no, no, we are here to talk about Independence Day Resurgence. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, this is the sequel, 20 years in the making, literally. We have followed up with <laughs> Earth now, 20 years after the events in the 1996 war, and Earth has uh, incorporated the alien technology into their civilization. They've recouped, rebuilt, and they're like, oh, hey, we, we're we ready to take on anything. <laughs> well, uh, that is before the 3,000-mile-wide spaceship shows up, yes, Uh, the uh, aliens have returned with an even bigger ship and a nastier disposition, and we see how the old and the new come together to try to fight this menace. Does that sound about right, gentlemen? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, first off, I'm going to start off first. I usually don't, but I want to start off first. (laughs) If you didn't catch my review, I loved every minute of this cheesy, campy, sci-fi film. And I know there's many people out there that didn't, and I can could, I could see why, because this is, this is old, dumb popcorn film entertainment, folks. Uh, this is the old, older school type feel to it. Heck, not even old school, like, 90s. I'm talking old school, like, the old 50s and 60s sci-fi type of film. Uh, and I was grinning from ear to ear. I, I just I completely dug it. Paul, uh, how about you? How, how'd you feel uh, your initial feelings with this film?
1: I really did like the film, mm-hmm. but I didn't apparently like it as much as you sound like. You like it. <laughs> uh, there, there were just a few things that, that, that knocked me back, uh, but I definitely uh, this score is high enough for me to go watch multiple times. Mhm. Uh, but it doesn't score high enough for me to get on Blu-ray yet. So. Oh. Okay. Well, that's oh. kind of a weird rating system, but yes.
0: No, that 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 works out well. And Cole, I kind of know your feelings, but go ahead. Uh how did you feel about Independence Day Resurgence? Initial feelings.
2: Well, well, back when when this was the the original was released, what what was the year, Mark? What year? Was uh that?
0: 1996.
2: Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I was I had just discovered both Pulp Fiction and The Crow in the theater at the age of, what, 14, 15? I guess I, you know, somewhere. Yeah, it would
0: have been. Mm-hmm.
2: And, it, you know, that changed my life. I mean, people talk about the whole Miramax thing now like it's some sort of snarky joke. But back then it certainly wasn't. I mean, you know, you saw something like Pulp Fiction or you walked out of something like The Crow and you felt like, holy shit, they're finally making movies for us. Mm. You know, so we just started going to everything. And um, when Independence Day rolled around, I was the one person on the sidelines who was like, have you guys seen The Arrival? (laughs) You know, um, That was my movie. You know, I I literally, I would sit people down because people are just... First, my wealthier friends were just starting to get the really big TVs, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they were watching Independence Day, and I would say, no, the arrival is better. <laughs> and, they'd be and be like, you're fucking crazy. So, uh, short story long, you know, I didn't go into this thinking, you know, this is going to be some classic, in fact... Being the Will Smith fan that I am, you know, I saw I Am Legend four times in the theater. I, I, I'm a Will Smith fan. Um, but I didn't like his character in the first film. In fact, his character is one of the reasons I find that first film kind of unwatchable. Like, it, If you were to take the English out of the movie, his character would be more annoying than the aliens. <laughs> Hearing his character wasn't in it was like, awesome, let's go see it. My first, not my first, my second IMAX experience ever, I believe my first was uh, Terminator Genesis, which we also reviewed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, This was an amazing experience. I mean, come on, seeing a sinister alien ship land across the entire Atlantic Ocean uh, in IMAX, I mean, granted, we're talking thirty one seventy five for two tickets, but <laughs> well worth it. Well worth it. Jeff Goldblum provided all the laughs I'd expected he would. Um, who is the lead there? Hemsworth. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um,
2: I can't blame him for any shortcomings of the character. That that character was probably written. As it was, and they were gonna cast the best looking, hottest young person they could. And uh I can't, you know, blame anybody for that character or how it came out, but it's for sure not very engaging. Uh no nor is the uh the the, the relationship between the uh is it a death squad member and uh the businessman who team up and they know how to kill the aliens. I mean Oh yeah. That stuff could have been cut. All that stuff could have been cut. You know, take 15 minutes out of the movie and uh, focus more on the stuff that rocks, like a bus getting chased by a giant, giant alien, you know, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> overall, though, man, honestly, five stars. This gets my highest rating. As a <laughs> theatrical experience? Come on. I mean, what more do you want in IMAX? I don't know.
0: Well, you know, and, and here's the thing is, uh, and I, I'm, I'm coming back to it just because it stuck out with me. Is there a number of people out there have mentioned how boring this film was, and I'm like, What? I, exactly. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here going, Are you kidding? Or so it said it was slow. I'm like, Are you kidding? I watched the film, and actually, I just came back literally today uh, from the second screening. I took Honorable Son number one and number two to it, who. By the way, really loved it. Actually, they said they enjoyed this one more than the first one. Um, wow! And awesome. and and watching this one even a second time around, the film moves it it clips along nicely through this story, almost faster than you may want to at points. Uh, but I, I was just trying to figure out where where the boring parts were, you know, and. Uh, I I couldn't quite figure it out, but I'm like, to each his own, you know. But for me, I I loved the carryover of the storyline, and I also like the fact that uh, they said it actually 20 years later. Hmm. You know, they could have easily tried to make it pick up right after the first one, but they don't. And you don't get a whole lot of explanation either, and maybe this is, where some of this comes in, because, like you say, it's old school. Because, am I wrong? This film doesn't really hold your hand as far as explaining a lot of things. It's just like, this is how it is. Uh, Would you say,
1: Paul? Yeah, I agree. And it, but you have to think it in terms of a scientist. It's going to take years for even that distress signal to get to anyone that could listen to it. You know, mm-hmm. and and they they said yes, it went out really really fast in a in like a short burst. Type of message, but mm-hmm. it's still unless it like went through like Carl Sagan's contact wormhole thing <laughs> it, it, that's the only way you know it couldn't have accelerated any quicker, so twenty years perfect setting time for me,
0: yeah, well, and it also helped I'm glad they did that because they could bring back as much of the original cast as as they could get. And everybody would look twenty years older, and it would make sense. Yes, they wouldn't have to try to go and CG someone and make them look, you know, younger or anything. can do, do that now, <laughs> which, which we've seen with the Civil War, how they can make less than zero Robert Downey Jr. again. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Cole, it had to be said. It had to be said. I, I just, I had to. Uh, <laughs> What I picture in my mind every time I see that scene is—it's like holy crap! We could have the
1: right stuff. Jeff Goldblum saying, "It's called Sputnik," <laughs> you
0: know, or bring back young Jeff Goldblum in that uh, whole cowboy outfit from Buckaroo Banzai. Yes,
1: right right yeah. <laughs> oh, but I digress. I digress. I want to see that movie. I Director's cut. Come on. There we go. Petition starting now. <laughs> uh,
0: in ID 4. I mean, in ID Resurgence, we just uh, insert Jeff Goldblum from Buckaroo Banzai in every one of his scenes. There you go. But back to this film. Cole, uh, what did you think about them setting it 20 years in the future? Uh, did you like that? Did you like the fact that they didn't explain every single thing of, of why things they were? They are just like, oh, yeah, we merged technology, and boom, let's move on. <laughs>
2: That's that well that's what I liked about I liked the fact that we were set up for a a science fiction movie very logically. I mean, we would have used their technology to advance. And I I think that was great, you know, uh like you say. I I think I appreciated it on a different level which is it made sense and mm-hmm. it wasn't more of the same in the sense that we open on, you know, anywhere USA, which would have been an easy way to do it and actually the more obvious way to do it. I mean, I would imagine it took several meetings to get the script to that place. That's my hunch. I would imagine that somebody somewhere, fuck, I don't know who, pardon my French, but I don't know who, somebody somewhere fought for that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Look, we're going to open and it's going to be not modern times. You yes. know, it's, we're already going to be in a science fiction universe, deal with it. Probably hoping there would be a third movie where the whole thing is in space, almost like a, a star Trek, which we'll probably never see, but I would have <laughs> loved to have seen that film. Well, but yeah, would... that's my take on that. I thought that was a brave choice and I was sucked in right away by that. Like, yeah, okay. We're not going to pretend like the first film didn't happen. You know, mm-hmm. we're just going to move forward logically. And if you can't keep up, well, I guess keep eating popcorn until something blows up.
0: <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I mean, it was refreshing for me to see this. And I've been hard on comic book films and we've had long discussions. and uh, but, but it was fun to see a genre film not based off of a comic book, in all honesty, and yeah. not take itself seriously. In all, I, I, this film—if you go in thinking now—the first one took itself a little more seriously. It was a little more serious in tone. You had a few more, you know, serious type moments. You had the comedic moments too. You had Will Smith in there, but this one, this one just embraced the old cheese '50s sci-fi feel, I think. And they just ran with it. And I don't think anyone should go in this film thinking they're getting a serious film. They're making a fun film. (laughs) And yes, you can have both sometimes, but I I think they were just making a fun film and and not trying to get too serious because we have had a lot of genre films that have been, I think, uh, taking themselves too seriously, a.k.a. uh, Warcraft. Um, (laughs) That's a film I felt uh, took itself too seriously, but this one... Really, I mean, and especially, I think I likened it the most to a cross between say, the original and starship troopers
1: Wow yeah yeah
0: if, if you think about it, Cole, would you say this kind of has that starship trooper's energy to it and and vibe to it? I mean, you know, you got the military civilization going on and and everything uh it, Did you get that type of feel at all, or can you see that, or am I just, like, full of shit?
2: No, 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 not at all. I mean, Starship Troopers, to me, has that, and again, here I am going to uh, sound like a complete, uneducated fool, but uh, Paul Verhoeven, am I pronouncing his name right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Verhoeven, he, I mean, that film, to me, speaks of his style, you know, very much. I mean, he's got this weird, everything he does is a little perverted even RoboCop. I mean, it's like oh, yeah. that. That film makes you feel like right on the edge of pornography, which is good. I'm not saying that's. I mean, that is a compliment, obviously. <laughs> uh, so I don't put it in that space, but I do agree that it um, has that sort of sci-fi drive to where the story is already propelling itself forward. You know, it's not like, um, well, to reference another Will Smith movie, I, Robot, which is probably the weakest film from my favorite director. uh, You know, they set everything up very carefully. Um, This film, it's like, shit, you're on, you know, you're on your own, especially if you haven't seen the first film, which I'm sure a lot of people haven't. Certainly the majority of kids I saw – at the theater that we watch it, which was fairly full. I'm surprised this movie is considered a bomb. Uh, That surprises me, because I saw I, Frankenstein, opening night. uh, (laughs) This theater was not that, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I'm I'm overstaying my welcome, but you know what I'm saying.
0: I I get what you're saying.
2: Paul, what about you? Would you feel
0: like this? I'm not saying that it's as as dark or, or Twisted or whatever, but it had that energy uh, or spirit that you saw in Starship Troopers, didn't it? Where you're just all in into this world.
1: I had not thought about that until you brought it up in this Mm -hmm. podcast, and I would agree with you, yes. And that is probably one of the reasons why this movie didn't appeal to me as much as it it probably Mm -hmm. should have. It's because, to me, the first movie was more... A little, little bit more hopeful it, it 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 felt like you know humanity is triumphant, triumphant triumphant, uh, triumphant, yes, uh, but in this movie, it just seemed like it stumbled a few times, trying to get there, and I felt like, Wow, we suck as a race, <laughs> oh aliens, yes, come on, and, but you know and, and it just and so yes it, it's that it 's that darker it felt a little darker to me. Mm-hmm. and I really would have loved to see more of a, a Will Smith type of thing. Jeff Goldblum is, is great and, and, and all that, but his character to me just didn't have that, that like, you know, welcome to earth, pow, you know, type of energy. And yeah, it had a different energy, and that's probably why this film uh, didn't, didn't do as well, but it's still a great movie. It just yeah. didn't do as well to me as the first movie did for me.
0: It 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 did. It, I mean, it it is still. I consider a good popcorn film.
1: It is. I, it definitely I,
0: is. And I'm not really, you know, I don't know. I had and I, I guess maybe it's me because I didn't have any expectation whatsoever. I'm like, it's 20 years later and they're making a sequel to this film. Ugh. I'm just gonna go in and if I feel like I got my money's worth, I'll be happy. And I did. I I was grinning from ear to ear when I immediately picked up that. We are in a different type of film here than the first one. This, this film is just going really back to that 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 cheesy, campy type of sci-fi feel to it. And I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it because it was refreshing and it was a little different than a, a lot of the direction. Uh, it seems like studios feel they need to take some of the genre films. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's the, this thing just let loose and... It, it just went, you know, and, and we get, it was great seeing some of the, you know, the old characters bringing back them, you know, Brent Spiner's character. I kind of like how they, you know, and they kind of explain things away. Maybe they don't explain things in detail that maybe people are used to, but for me, that was good enough reason. Oh, yeah, he was in a coma. He didn't actually die. He's been in a coma for 20 years. Boom, he's awake because the spaceship was coming.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: you know, and I love that. Boom, that's all you need. Move on. You know, we've incorporated technology from aliens into our civilization. Boom, move on. We don't need to know why or how. You know, it just, that's the way the world is. That's the way it is now. You know, and it makes sense that they would do that.
1: You know? And their technology worked that way too. It's like, you know, things didn't power up until the, you know, until mm-hmm. like a queen arrived. And so it's like, oh yeah, the queen's arriving. He starts, he starts to like, you know, power up. As a, as a person, he's powering up, sort of, so to speak. So I, I, I thought it was a great tie
0: in. I'll tell you one of the storylines I really liked. And I, I know Cole mentioned that the character probably could have been cut out, but me personally, I enjoyed the Warlord. Uh, little story there where we find out what was going on in Central Africa mm. uh, with the the spaceship having landed and the fact that they actually <laughs> fought the aliens for ten years. What'd you think of that, Paul? Where we come to find out that yeah, just because they did what they did at the beginning of the movie didn't mean that there wasn't you know
1: it, a ground it, thing. Yeah,
0: that the battle ended there. Well, what'd you think of the the, the South Africa bit and, and the exploration there of? Of how they handled ten years of war with the aliens,
1: I thought it was great it, it had the it, it added another layer to this whole psychic link thing it it reemphasized that part of of the aliens uh, and also too, it is actually very refreshing to watch a sci fi movie that isn 't like oh the 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 filming nation is the one that is always <laughs> dealing with the problems you know. So in this particular case, you know, the the Americans weren't the ones that totally, you know, uh, did it. It, It's a worldwide thing, and that's what the theme of this movie was. It was the entire world was affected by the attack, and they actually came together. And as a world, we're supposed to fight off, you know, the -hmm. the next attack. And I thought that was a really nice thing because if they would have said, oh, yeah, a bunch of guys from New Jersey suddenly, you know, attacked a ship for 10 years, I'd be like –
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love the it, it made sense in all honesty especially how those characters well you know how we get that history and it made sense of how they would have approached that threat and you know the fact they do have the alien weapons they know how to kill these guys and they figured out a good chunk of their language because uh, they fought them for 10 years <laughs> you exactly. know and I, I I enjoyed that exploration and, and getting that extra bits of okay the battle didn't just end with the big epic Will Smith walking off with you know Jeff Goldblum. There was a lot of residual fights going on. You know? well, how would
2: you how would you guys feel about putting those two characters on the bus then? I mean, <laughs> give give them something to do. I mean, involve them in the story. I mean, they're kind of out there on their own. I mean, I like yeah. the guys. <laughs> Why aren't they on, on the bus? We've got a school bus. Well, they gave them they, gave them. they gave They gave them the. Uh,
0: they do rescue the uh, the scientist though. Brent Spiner's scientist. Oh, and... uh,
2: that's true. That's true. I'm sorry. I've only seen the film once. So. No,
0: it's it's okay. I <laughs> uh, I mean I just am coming from it, but they do give them a purpose. They're at the base. In fact, the warlord guy is the one who figures out that uh, they're in trouble because the aliens that we find out there's prisoner aliens, which I thought was really cool. I'm like. Yes, that's exactly oh, yeah. What, yeah. what humans would do. Is if they found alive the ones, they wouldn't kill them all. They leave them for study. Yeah, you, you know, course. Course. intern camps. Intern camps. Yeah, you know. So I I love that little bit, and so they they do give them something to do. In, in the I take you know? it. I dig it. I stand yeah. corrected, man. You know. So I I did like that. They gave them purpose there, but yeah, you know. Overall, the film is really one of those where you just gotta sit back and. And, and just enjoy it and don't think too deeply about anything uh, so thinking about uh, thinking too deeply or not too deeply uh, we'll start with uh, Paul here Paul is there something that comes to mind in the film that we haven't touched on yet that uh, maybe you want to talk about as far as in regards to uh, you know IDR as far as their approach or, or anything at all
1: probably uh, just in about like a sequel in general because this did seem to follow the the Idea of what a sequel has to be like. The sequel has to be bigger than the first. It had to honor the first, and um, you know, and, and and introduce certain lines and certain music cues and certain characters and things like that that make a sequel to me a sequel. And I would like what your guys's opinions are and what what would what makes this movie a decent sequel to the first movie, basically. <laughs>
0: Cole, uh, go ahead. What what would you say makes this a decent sequel to ID4?
2: Well, well, to me, right off the bat, it's it's slightly better film, mm. in the sense that it has a bit more nuance. It's it's made, it's it's created and directed and conceived and all, every element. I would assume, aside from maybe the the computer generated effects. All of the stuff is being done by by people who did the first and are much older and wiser, and I feel that I feel that in the final product um, there's a lot more sense of fun. There's a lot less patriotism, yeah. despite I mean nothing, I mean, believe me, I'm a patriot. I I've grown up in America and I make American movies and I'm just fine with that. Um, but you know, the, you gotta admit the the Bill Pullman speech in the first movie, you know, is what is where is what draws a lot of criticism towards it. This movie, it just had more of a genuine vibe to it. Everybody seemed to click more. There was more of a sense of professionalism. Um, the the special effects were not only more developed but better utilized. I thought. Mm. I mean, I think having a, a ship land across an entire ocean is a fantastic idea because how many monuments can you destroy? And even having one of your lead characters say they like to destroy the, the big monuments, I think <laughs> is, is key to where the film was at. It's doing everything it, it can to separate itself. And in the end, if they had done a third one, it wouldn't have taken place on Earth. You know, I guess to to directly answer Paul's question, you know, it's made by the same people who made the first one. Yeah. Only they're older and wiser. It's a more mature film and it uh utilizes the best parts of the first to its advantage without exploiting them. I think they downplay the weakest parts of the first mm-hmm. and uh I mean come on that that end fight with the school bus and the giant alien in the desert that is fantastic. I that's fantastic stuff. If I was 12 years old with 3D glasses on um there's nothing like that in the first film, you know, to me, you know, as a as a film core. Hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, and I would say that it it is they, um they did with the sequel what what I uh really enjoyed about in all honesty i'm going to invoke the name of mad max fury road yes they yeah. they invoked some of the fun elements that people that really stood out for people and they embraced that and pretty much made the entire film like that and i had no problem with that uh, you know and i i mentioned the 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 term a couple of times, and I I guess I'm trying to to maybe not make it common or not, but it it makes a lot of sense, and my son, Honorable Son number 1, came up with it after we were watching, I think, uh, Transformers or something. I forgot what what it was, but he says, Dad, I I think you're thinking of that film through rose-colored nostalgia as a playoff in rose-colored glasses. And it's true. If we go back to ID4, at its core, if you look at that film... Uh, we get the same elements there that we still get here in resurgence. You, you you still get the overacting. You still get the the you know the cheese factor that you had in the first one. Uh, <laughs> you, you know now the first one had a more serious tone to it, but there's still I mean Bill Pullman's speech. Let's face it, as great of a scene it is, and it just yeah at the same time you're going yeah that's the cheesiest speech. I've heard, but I love it. <laughs> it instills it, it, you know, it instills emotion in you. And and that's what I got out of this one is as cheese factor as some of the scenes were, as some overacting as some of the scenes were, it got an emotion out of me. It got me smiling. It was like Yeah, you know. Oh, you know, uh, you know I, I thought personally it was a, a nice touch of having uh when we get that scene where you get the crew inside the alien ship, mm-hmm. and, and we had that bit of storyline in there. I, I, I like that. It, this film, it, it is a sequel. It, I mean, it, it is tried, true, beat for beat a sequel. You really should see the first one to, to catch everything in this one, otherwise you, you will probably uh, get lost. But, you know, that's where it's kind of that old-school sequel thing. But you can still have fun with it, and they definitely had fun with it. They were, whereas the first one, they were making maybe a little bit more of a, a serious type of popcorn film. This one, they just they just threw, threw spaghetti at the wall, you, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and that's what I loved about it. I loved the spirit of it. The fact that it did feel a bit like Starship Troopers. And I didn't see anything uh, before I saw the film, but after the film I went online and they even did about three or four cheesy promos <laughs> that felt like they were pulled right out of Starship Troopers. The propaganda, really? propaganda videos. They did one about oh, visiting man. Las Vegas uh, from the ruins and how you could actually stay at tents in Las Vegas and play from real actual slot machines that were... Uh, excavated from the ruins of Vegas after the War of 96. Nice, nice. There's another video in there with uh, Jeff Goldblum in character talking about the defense system, that satellite system that the aliens immediately just wiped out. They, wow. they have a whole little oh, promo yeah. video about how they, they have that set up to help protect Earth. Uh, there's like two or three other videos like that. And I'm uh, coming back and watching those like I'm going... Come on, they are totally going for that Starship Trooper type vibe with this film. And, and that was, I guess because I love that film so much, I, I really got into the resurgence. It, it, and second time viewing, uh, first in my review I said they didn't do a lot of character development. I actually would like to go back and revise it, that there is actually some character development in here. It's huh. just that it breezes through it fairly quickly Mm. to where you may not notice that they're doing it because there's so much going on in this film oh. but there is some character development in here there there really is not deep not a lot but there's some you know and uh yeah i i think it's a decent sequel i think it's the direction they they needed to take considering it's based off of a film that's 20 years old mm. uh You know, And again, I think we look at that original and rose-colored nostalgia and the fact of it is good, but if you want to get some criticalism on that film, it's still got the cheese, it's still got the overacting, it still has a number of those things that uh, many people are finding in this one. And it's not all action either. There's a lot of slow spots in the original. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so so (laughs) you you make it a a good point, Paul, that yeah, I think it's a decent sequel. Did you feel that it was a... uh, a decent sequel, a, a respectable sequel?
1: I did. I did because of the things that I mentioned. It it makes it expands on it, mm-hmm. uh, on the original ideas. It inter- or reintroduces us to some of the characters uh, and and basically um, expands on the actual story. Uh, there were a few elements, and, and I think listening to what you, uh, you and Cole were talking about, I think I probably wanted to see more of that nostalgic cheesiness. Mm-hmm. I think I probably would have been much, much happier had they gone even further with that, p- people would probably like what this this movie really doesn't make any sense anymore. <laughs> if they would have done that, I think I would have been a much much happier because there are some scenes in 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 this film that that it just made me, ugh, you know yeah. <laughs> it, it it felt like yeah they're pass they're passing the torch which is what you do in sequels right? Well it, it seemed like oh okay uh, uh you know president president's dead uh you know uh, which. Which
0: I, I did like the president in this one, and I don't know if anyone caught it. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Paul. No. Uh, but but it just, If anyone caught it, this president is far different than our President Whitmore. <laughs> I mean, president Whitmore, he debated long and hard before he nuked him. And here we get the, the storyline because folks we have a storyline in here of the first spaceship that shows up and what do we do? Shoot <laughs> we it. Shoot, we shoot it down and it turns out that it was meant to be an arc to help save the human yeah, race. Yeah, it
2: was it was delivering knowledge. Yeah. And I especially, love it.
1: especially if your advisor tells you don't. No, let's not listen to him. Let's listen to all the other warmongers here and shoot it down.
2: Especially if your advisor is Jeff Goldblum. Yes! Jeff Goldblum's telling you, no, no, I don't think that's a good
0: idea, you know. (laughs) But I love that. The thing is, though, you know, it kind of made sense with the way their society had become. I mean, let's face it, the planet nearly got obliterated 20 years ago by an alien invasion. And here another alien shows up, you're just like... Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, preemptive <laughs> strike, which you know for a fact the writers are making a statement in there yes. about the military with that one. I was like, wow, way to way to hit us in the face with that message, guys. Of yeah, hey, look, this this thing shows up, we don't understand it,
1: let's shoot it down. <laughs> well, and the, the last dif- the the last of that species, uh, you know, it, yeah. it's fought against the aliens, and, and it's like. Uh, we just we just wiped them out basically. Oops. I kind of like. Yeah. I,
0: I, I like that though because the way they explained it, uh, they did play that scene off well. Because when they wake up, the the ball, and, and she's like, "Well, yeah, I, you know, I I I came to save you guys, but then you shot me down." And there's no emotion from really the alien at all. But all the humans are just like, "Oh yeah," uh, <laughs> you know. They're kind of looking at the ground, kicking the dirt like. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's what we do. <laughs> that's exactly what we do. Yeah, you know. So uh yeah, I enjoyed the fact that there was another alien in there. We got some backstory there. And really I hope this film does make enough to do a sequel because I would love to see a completely alien type you know, humans mixed in with alien races. Uh, And fighting side-by-side against this uh, species of alien, which we've never really got a name for them, ever. Have we? (laughs) They don't even name them here. Bouncy balls. The the bouncy balls. Well, no, not the bouncy balls, but the the uh, tentacle aliens.
1: Oh, yes, the tentacle aliens, yes. They're just –
0: they're the aliens.
1: (laughs) For all we knew, they were the only ones out there. Now, now there are more.
0: Now, now there's now there's more, and there's they're a whole lot of the
1: resistance now
0: too. <laughs> I just love
1: that, and, and how,
0: oh yeah, humans and like really did this. <laughs> if you think about the elements a little more, does this not feel like kind of that old? 50s sci fi, humans against the entire universe type
1: of thing. <laughs> yes. And the rest of the universe is afraid of us because we're so good at war.
0: <laughs> you know, this yeah. is like Earth versus the flying saucers type of feel. It, it really did. And I, I'm sure they had some influences from that oh, I'm sure. in here, you know, because watching it a second time, I'm like. Holy crap! This is like Earth versus the flying saucers, uh, <laughs> in a lot of ways, you, you know that or that fifty sci-fi feel of, of you know the humans figure it out and take it to the aliens, yeah, uh, you know. And so, uh, yeah, it, decent sequel, I think all around. We, we feel that it, it Ethan could have embraced some more elements, but overall, yeah, good question there, Paul. What about you, Cole? Uh, do you have a, a topic or a question or something that uh, we haven't touched on yet about the film that you maybe want to explore?
2: Sure, I mean, I you know, I'd be willing to ask, um, I mean, I, I've only been on the internet uh, about three years, so I, I can't really say, but um, it seems like all of a sudden, since the sequel came out, the original is sacrosanct oh, to so many people, whereas beforehand, you never saw, you know, Independence Day profile pictures, You never saw or read about people saying, you know, it's one of the greatest science fiction films of all time. In fact, I'd I'd wonder how much of the original success is based on a Super Bowl ad where the White House blew up. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, legitimately, I'm not saying this as some angry indie filmmaker railing against big-budget movies. I loved Resurgence. I would say Resurgence is... Twice the movie the original was. I mm-hmm. I, I I wish I had thirty two fifty or whatever I spent on it again to go back right now, but I'm just curious. Like, yeah, the rose colored glasses thing, Mark. Yeah. One of your honorable young sons had mentioned. Yeah. I'm curious. What do you guys really think of that? Do you think the original? I I had my lady friend look it up before we went. She's like, the sequel isn't getting good reviews. And mm-hmm. I was like, bullshit, the original got horrible reviews. Look it up. She went and looked it up, and to my dismay, I was wrong. The original got a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Even though I remember at the time, everybody was lampooning it. Um, what do you, do you guys think the original was some unfound classic? I mean, and I guess I asked that to our listeners out there, too, because mm-hmm. I never viewed it as that. I viewed it as you know, uh, just another summer blockbuster that Mm -hmm. hit at the right place and time, especially considering the the director's work that, you know, came after it. Not that it was bad, but in terms of recapturing Mm -hmm. that moment, it seemed like a good marketing ploy. Uh, (laughs) um, And I would say Resurgence is a much better film. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, uh Paul what would you say would you say the original really is that that really classic that everybody suddenly is starting to talk about since the sequel didn't hit the right vibe for them? or was it just kind of a, 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 you know a, just a regular sci-fi uh, you know popcorn film that we are looking at a bit differently after the fact after it was released
1: I think people do look at films back in their childhood much differently than they did when they first watched it. I know I'm I look back at uh, Independence Day and I do think about it as much different. You know I only remember the good parts. You know, but th- now that Cole mentioned it, I- I'm thinking back. It's like it's true. The only time I've ever heard of uh, Independence Day mentioned was in Austin Powers when when Dr. No used the picture about mm-hmm. the White House exploit. That was the only time I've ever seen it like redone, re spoofed or anything. So it's like it didn't really become part of our culture. Maybe maybe the speech. I think the speech gets talked about a lot. You know, it's Whitmer's not. speech. Yeah. And and I think that was like maybe maybe that's the thing that everybody's like, Ooh, you know, this this is how speech speech writing should be <laughs> You know. And and that's that <laughs> honestly and I watched this film, and it's—it's just—I it, think it really is. People remember, and, and it's remember when all these these great singers and actors they pass away, and people are like, oh, you know, I, I remember all these things, and I, I, you know, and you hear all their music, and you hear all the the YouTube just blows up with like you know Robin Williams sketches and all these things, and then a year down the line, everyone forgets about it again, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what's happening to. Uh, the original film is that people, because they hear about the the sequel, especially twenty years ago they 're like you know' they're, they're, it 's it's all coming back and then eventually it 'll probably die down again, you know, maybe when the next Mad Max comes out or something like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and I agree, and i 've been guilty of it i mean we all all do because we grew up, especially us being film fans, we grew up with films and depending on which film you watched at which time in your life as a developing child, some of those films become, you know, really fantastic because there was a lot of emotions. And we've touched on this before in other episodes where there's a lot of emotions that went along with that film. You you know, the film itself may not have been great, but, oh, that, you know, I took my first girlfriend to see this film. (laughs) Well, you know, suddenly you might... Have a different view on that film than the rest of the world because you were in, you know, a happy place, or you know, first boyfriend, or you know, uh, the first kiss during this film, you know, stuff like that. I guess is my point. And, and yeah, you know, the original with this film, uh, it is a decent popcorn film, but. I it is got this feeling like people are like oh it just was so much better than the, the sequel and I'm like eh, <laughs> you, you know if you really look at it objectively but it's tough to do because you know we those films struck a chord with you depending on what time of life you were at and for me I mean 96 I was in college uh and I thought it was a really fun movie you know it, it is a good movie entertaining uh, but at the same time, you're like, uh, now looking back at it, I watch it. I go, yeah, this is still good. But man, that speech, which I just thought Bill Pullman, you know, loved, uh, you know, I loved. Man, that thing is really cheesy and over the top. <laughs> you know, very dramatic, over dramatic. You know, and, and I didn't quite think that before because it instilled the emotions, and it still puts the emotions in me. You you know, but looking at it, if you look at it just objectively, yeah, that film, uh, (laughs) it's a decent popcorn film, which is what it was supposed to be, you know, and I think a lot of people do recognize, you know, think of Will Smith, because he has such a powerful personality, Hmm. Uh, he is, you know, he takes over pretty much every scene he's in, in that film. And he he's does. very
2: he certainly does, dude. He's
0: very charismatic, and don't get me wrong, I—I yeah. I really enjoy Will Smith. I enjoy him
2: absolutely.
0: I enjoy him more in his more serious roles and stuff like this. But he does have a very strong personality, and in that first one, his personality is literally another character. You know, besides him, <laughs> just his just his presence is almost like another character in that movie. Uh, you know, if you if you remove kind of the Will Smith element, you're like. Oh, and I think maybe that could be why Resurgence isn't being, because they don't have the Will Smith factor in there.
1: That's what, that's, that's what it's, to me, uh, that's what happened to me.
0: You know, I, I think that's where it's a little underwhelming for mm-hmm. some folks, is that, uh, okay, you don't have the Will Smith personality in there to maybe cover up some of the weaknesses uh, of the film, and so some of those weaknesses come out more because you don't have such that strong performance that you had in Will Smith. And I don't mean strong as in well-acted, though he, he does do well in the role. I mean, just strong as his personality of his character in that film is pretty dominant. You, yeah. you, you, you know. And so I think maybe that's what people may be missing.
1: So I, I read someplace that the reason why they couldn't bring him back on the film was because he was asking for $50 million for the the two movies, and do you think that they probably could have easily made the money if they put him on there, or do you think no let's let's just go down the direction that they're going now and see what they can do, or do you think it would that the movie is seriously hurt without him in it?
0: I don't think it seriously hurt. I think it hurt it. I don't mm-hmm. think it it seriously did I mean, I didn't really miss his character in this movie mm-hmm. the way the other you know. It's just that his character does stand out and you would have liked to see him in here. Yeah. Uh, I think it's one of those things. Uh, I think for general public, yeah, for draw, it probably did hurt them. Um, but having his character in there, uh, I think would take away from trying to introduce other characters.
1: That's so true.
0: And And that's what I think, you know, the approach was too is is they're trying to introduce new characters and people kept inserting Will Smith.
1: <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? I mean even yeah. I, I caught myself trying to do it going, well, wow, you know, boy, it'd be great if Hillard was here. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I think that's what it is, but had you had him in there, it wouldn't have really mattered at all who the rest of the cast was.
1: But the natural Hillard like proxy wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't that he didn't Portray him off. It's like they tried to make him different because of that, and uh, ugh, they tried
0: know. to make him him not not Hillary. They tried to make him a yeah. more serious type of, you know, be, yeah. in, in honor of his dad, you know, yeah. sort of thing. So where he would take things more seriously because he's the offspring of the hero that saved. You know that helped save the world. Mm. Uh, you know, so they were trying to play that angle, and and I like I, said, I fully admit this film isn't perfect, uh, but I had a blast, and I, I I guess my expectations were none, yeah. When I went into it, you know, and maybe some people had higher expectations, but for me, I'm like any film that's a sequel for a film that's literally real time, twenty years old. <laughs> you know, you you really shouldn't put. A lot of expectation on anything with it. And we do it. It's natural. I mean I did that with the Terminator ones, but but yeah, because of Terminator. But in the same <laughs> respect, you know, it's a different time now. It's a different way of filmmaking now, mm-hmm. just in general. And and we've experienced so much more from when we were back then. Let's face it, ID4 had a scope that was impressive as well, that stood out for us. But here we are 20 years later with all the superhero films and all the other type of films we've had. That type of scope, you're just like, oh yeah. You know, I mean, is it it that too to where these films were kind of the breakthrough? So, I mean, do do they really, should they really attempt these sequels uh, now that the world has changed so much and filmmaking in general has changed so much? Is it really worth
1: it, or do we really need them, Paul? If this, if there's a story out there that mm-hmm. needs to be told, definitely yes. Make a sequel, or or do a Ridley Scott and and make a sequel. Don't call it a sequel, and <laughs> and pretend that it the the originals never existed. You know, you could do that too. It's, so long as that there's a story there. And And there are people that are willing to fork out thirty bucks for it. do it I mean mm-hmm. because that that's the point that the point is to tell somebody and entertain them with a story. who cares you know if, mm-hmm. if the story isn't liked by everybody you know
0: well, yeah, and that's the thing is i mean I it that's with this. There was a story there to be told, you know. I mean, yeah. anyone who follows sci-fi, anyone who follows sci-fi, will pick up the fact that, oh, you just took out a good chunk of this alien race. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's gonna be consequences, you know. And, and I thought they came up with a plausible story for it, you know. And again, I w- I was entertained. My boys loved it. Uh, which to me, I guess, also is a big factor. I'm like, I I was so happy that they enjoyed it because I was kind of worried. And they're like, no, we we actually enjoyed this more than the first one. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, well, cool then. <laughs> you know, and for me, with a PG-13 film, there you go, filmmakers, mission accomplished. Hmm. Uh, it, your 13-year-old, it, it, 15-year-old loved it, you know, and and that's another thing too is these films aren't necessarily geared towards us old folks anymore oh come on you know I mean there is a little there's the nostalgia factor with getting the original cast back uh, for this film, but on the whole, you know uh, yeah i I think as long as people are entertained, that should be the most important part with a film like this because let's face it, folks, we are not making Oscar material at all. <laughs> You know, with this. And I hope it does make enough to, for them to come out with a sequel with the humans leading a full alien force against uh, these uh, tentacle aliens because I just I want to see that now. <laughs> 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 Cole, cool, what about you? Didn't you get just a little tinge of, man, I want to see that next film
2: now when they said, oh, we want the humans to lead the resistance. Oh, man, I'm experience. so down with it. This is, for me, this is twice the movie the first movie was. Mm-hmm. And I mean that. I was into this. I I was so into this film. I think it's great. You know, I made some complaints about the Death Squad guy and the corrupted mm-hmm. businessman, but that I was just trying to make conversation. Really, this is a fantastic uh, modern sci-fi adventure. And um, uh, I guess the only thing I would have to say about it is maybe the younger people enjoy it less than we do. You know, you guys were saying maybe um, maybe this is made for the younger crew and we're left behind. I would go in the opposite direction. I would say mm-hmm. if they were worried about the younger people, they would have cast Will Smith. Because, mm. yeah. I mean, that's where all of that power comes from, man. I mean, still, yeah. I, I just – I don't know, you know – I, I don't know if I ever answered that question, but I, I don't know why he wasn't included in this. Sure. He would have been worth if the if the question is money, he would have been worth the money. You right. know, even though I don't like his character in the first movie. I thought his character was so annoying and just <laughs> distracted me from the, the cooler characters. But in any case, I think this is a fantastic sequel, man. Yeah. I can't imagine missing this on the big screen. I, mm-hmm. I just I can't imagine not taking the opportunity to go to the theater with your friends and family and get some 3D glasses and uh, watch a ship land across the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, why not?
0: Yeah, don't think about physics or anything. Come on, these these yeah. films like this aren't meant to think like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> we break everything now. Oh, could Star Trek technology? Who cares it it looks cool a big freaking spaceship across the Atlantic Ocean come on you know I mean, <laughs> they they did it and it looked cool there you go that that was the whole point of it it wasn't you know physically or however was it actually plausible look at the frick- Really, you know, we've got movies now where you know guys have, uh, you know, uh, we've got gods and 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 beings with mutant powers and that, and you're gonna question a, a spaceship that's you know 3,000 miles wide? Come on. <laughs> with genre films, suspension of disbelief is is I think is not as needed as just fun. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I, I, I wish, that I really want to see a film with the human race leading a full alien armada against the bad guys. Well, how about you, uh, Paul? When, when they said, "Oh, we want the humans to lead our resistance," uh, did that just spark some ideas of, man, I want to see a full alien spaceship armada led by humans attacking oh, aliens? Of course,
1: of course. You know, <laughs> but mean, then Disney will buy it. And... But then... <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that.
0: <laughs> and Disney will buy it. Yeah, ID Force the franchise becomes big, and all of a sudden, Disney owns that too. Why not? What the hell? <laughs> so I think we're gonna wrap wow. things up for EV. Oh, oh, no! I do want to. I do want to bring one more thing up. How cool would it? Since everybody's doing combined universes, oh, no. and oh yeah, here I go. How about we have the Emmerich universe where we bring in Stargate? Tell oh, me. Wow. Tell me. This thing. Tell me you, you, I, I had visions of Stargate coming into my head, going, they could totally work Stargate into the <laughs> ID4 world. And how cool would that be
2: then? <laughs> Do we, no, seriously, this is my question. Do we get scenes with Spader and Goldblum? Because oh. that's. What- Rock that would rock. Two <laughs> brainiacs taking on this entire race of alien maniacs. Yes, with yeah. hell, bring Will Smith back. Will
0: Smith and Kurt Russell, pulling the soldier <laughs> angle with Spader <laughs> and <Gold> blue. <laughs> Hollywood, call me, okay? Hollywood, yeah. how we've got we've got box office gold here, folks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I am in. I'm in.
0: I'm I'm in. Sure, why not? We'll even we'll even work Zilla in there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Why not? We'll just throw all the Emmerich stuff together.
2: Oh, Oh, yes, iguana. Yeah, yeah. We almost forgot about the giant iguana (laughs) and that little raptor babies. A few years after Jurassic (laughs) Park. Yes, yes. God. I'm sorry. Godzilla you Park. Cut, you can cut all this out,
0: Mark. No, no. Godzilla Park. Yeah, but no, I, I was just thinking of uh, an Emrick United uh, Cinematic Universe going on because they are talking about rebooting uh, Stargate, and he's going to be involved in that. So. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm kind of interested that, interested in that because he is heavily involved in that. So uh, that could be interesting, but that's for another time. Independence Day Resurgence, uh, folks, it, it's something, it's a dumb popcorn film. Don't get me wrong, I fully acknowledge it, but I found it entertaining. And it sounds like, Paul, you, you said you found it entertaining, maybe not as much as uh, what you kind of was hoping, but it was still, I'd say, yes. worth the price of admission, wouldn't you?
1: Definitely, uh, especially to be able to see, you know, are uh, you. You know, the visuals. You know, you shouldn't always go see movies just for the visuals, but this movie's visuals are fantastic. Go watch mm-hmm. it for that.
0: <laughs> if nothing else for that, and you get to see uh, uh, Bill Pullman for a while, and, you know, Jeff Goldblum being uh, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah,
1: Ed Brent. and Brent Spiner.
0: And Brent Spiner. You get to see Brent Spiner back there. That I mean, That right there is worth at least an early show. Uh, so... We'll wrap it here for the evening. Uh, We're going to have everyone go down the line real quick here and just uh, pimp their stuff where you can find their stuff at and such. Cole, go ahead. You first, sir.
2: Thanks for having me tonight, Mark. It was so great to talk to you guys. Paul, good to hear from me again. Uh, You can find me at Shadows and Lovers Productions on Facebook. Also, Horror on Facebook. I do some digital art there. Um, also on Twitter, Cole James Meredith. Um, seek me out, but we have a new movie on the horizon which has gotten some good buzz, actually. The last great horror movie. Um, we're very proud of that, and um, keep an eye out for it. We worked our asses off on it. But thanks again <laughs> for having me. That's awesome. Well,
0: well, glad to have you, Cole. And Paul, where can we find you at, and what are you working on?
2: Uh, Right now
1: I'm working on a really neat little project. It's called the Northeast Wisconsin Horror Film Festival. And you can find out more about that at www.newhorrorfest.com. And if you just want to find out more about myself, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, WordPress at Forsaken Film Reviews.
0: Awesome, glad to have you back, and of course, your one-stop shop for all your movie man needs is SpecialMarkProductions.com. You've got links there to my YouTube channel, uh, Facebook page you can get to from there as well. I'm on the Twits, at MovieManiac3D, or follow us here for the podcast specific at spoiler room, PDCS. And we're on Twitter there as well. You can get updates just for the Spoiler Room podcast. Please rate and like us on iTunes if you listen to us there. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play as well. We are everywhere. We love to hear your feedback. And make sure you subscribe to that RSS feed if you want, if you don't want to do iTunes, so you can catch the latest episodes here of the Spoiler Room. Hope you enjoyed our conversation on uh, Independence Day Resurgence. And we've got a great, speaking of sci-fi, we've got a great month watching up heading to our 100th episode before that though we've got a few in between and we're going all sci-fi for july baby we've got uh, some great films i think uh they're ones that i enjoy and i want to hope to get some interesting conversations with the crew on them so stay tuned for that and uh yeah thank you so much for listening we appreciate you and until next time remember in the spoiler room the conversation is fresh although we do spoil the movies